Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of having a representative with uh, Omaha Steaks, Todd Simon, who's the Senior Vice President uh, with Omaha Steaks in Omaha, Nebraska. Todd, welcome to the program. Morning, Tim. I guess to begin with, our audience loves stories about executives. So if you don't mind, tell us, about, tell us your story, and then we can move into the uh, topic for the day. Okay, well... Um Let's see. I'm 48 years old. I've been with Omaha Steaks for, I don't know, 25 years now or something. I started after I graduated from the University of Pennsylvania in 1986. Uh, Omaha Steaks is my family business. It was started by my great-great-grandfather in 1917, and I I guess I'll get a chance to tell you the company history in a second. Um, And... um, uh, the, the fourth generation, I'm the fifth generation in the business. The fourth generation of the business consisted of three brothers, one of uh, which my father was sort of the sales and marketing guy, one of which my uncle mm-hmm. uh, Alan was the sort of finance and operations and manufacturing guy. And um, and then my uncle Steve, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, was sort of the, the primo sort of institutional business-to-business sales guy. And um, between the three of them, they really complemented each other very well, um, each taking on different roles as they grew the business. And today, uh, my cousin Bruce, who's the president and CEO, and I'm the senior vice president, um, really run the business on a day-to-day basis. And we've sort of followed almost identically in our father's footsteps. So I'm the sales wow. and marketing guy, and, and my cousin Bruce is the finance uh, manufacturing and, and uh, operations guy. And it's, uh, it, and it's really... Uh, it's really been terrific. And then we, of course, complement our abilities with 18 uh, non-family professional managers who, you know, really carry most of the water day-to-day in our business. Wow. Well, tell us the story of uh, Omaha Steaks and how you got started and uh, where you are today. Okay, so Omaha Steaks, as I mentioned before, is a we're a 95-year-old family business. We were um, started in 1917. Uh, by my great-great-grandfather. So we're fifth-generation, family-owned. We're known nationwide for the finest premium beef and gourmet foods. Uh, From our humble beginnings as a custom butcher shop, uh, we've grown to uh, become America's largest direct response marketer of premium beef and gourmet food gifts. And, um, you know, we never compromise the quality of our products or our service that we provide to our customers. We have a very sort of family-oriented, down-to-earth business philosophy, which is that the customer is at the top of the organization chart. And mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, we've sort of honed our mission um, 
we don't really view ourselves really being in the steak or food business, although we are in those businesses, but we really uh, think that those uh, terrific products are designed to deliver exceptional experiences that bring people together, and that's really the core of the philosophy of our business today. Tell us about the Tables uh, Supply Me Company. That was your origins, and um, and then how did you actually, guys, turn that company around to now call yourselves uh, Omaha Steaks? Sure. So, um, so Table Supply was the um, original name of the company that was started by my great great grandfather in 1917, uh, and it was really a custom butcher shop that was providing um, meats uh, to restaurants and grocery stores, uh, mm-hmm. and some and some sort of commercial operations in the 40s. Um, we started to supply um, steaks to the dining cars on the Union Pacific's luxury passenger trains that would stop in Omaha to be reprovisioned on their way either uh, west from California or east from California or west from from New York. Um, in the and what happened is that um, customers started to have the steaks on the train and started to cable back to my grandfather and say wow, I really want some of those steaks. Can you send them to me? So he figured out a way to cut them, wrap them in, in wax paper, bury them in buckets, basically in, in barrels of ice, and put them back on the train and ship them out. It wasn't very, um, it wasn't pretty, but it was effective. Um, in the 50s, um, we started to advertise in the New Yorker magazine, and that sort of brought our business um, uh, to a national footprint. We actually... Uh, uh, using the headline Omaha Steaks, it was something like "Get Genuine Omaha Steaks from Table Supply Meat Company." Wow! Um, and then um, shortly thereafter, we made the decision to just change the name of the company from Table Supply Meat Company to Omaha Steaks. We launched a catalog and mail order business in 1952. In 1959, my dad graduated from. Uh, college, also at the University of Pennsylvania, with a degree mm-hmm. in philosophy, so he was perfectly equipped to become a mail-order uh, steak guy, um, and um, <laughs> and uh, and he came back and sort of really took took that business, our consumer business, and sort of made it his baby. Um, in the wow. 70s, we, we opened our first call center, and we were one of the first companies in the country to have a toll-free 800 number where people could call us for free. Remember, long distance used to be really expensive, so if you could make it easy and inexpensive for customers to call you, our theory was that you'd be able to um, uh, you'd be able to take more orders, and that that seemed to have borne itself out. In the late 70s, we opened our first retail store. Uh, today, we have more than 80 stores in 27 states. In the 90s, we started uh, we started online actually in the very early 90s on CompuServe, and we had our own website in 1995. Between CompuServe and our own website, we launched on AOL uh, in 1994. We were the one of the first 10 merchants on AOL. And today, you know, we're just kind of doing more of the same. I mean, we still have our mail order business, we still have our retail stores. We're obviously mm-hmm. very strong online, and then we're you know we're now moving into you know mobile marketing, social media. Uh, developing apps for the iPhone, the iPad, and the Android, and um, and even selling on Facebook. So we're just trying to be everywhere where our customer uh, wants to find us. Well, how social media today impacted your business? Uh, I know you have an app out as well, uh, and it gives you a lot of details. Kind of tell us about how, uh, about social media and how you guys are actually marketing to social media, and also about sure. your app. 
Sure. Let me mention the app first. The app is called Stake Time. Uh, it's available on the uh, on the Apple App Store, and it's available through various Android app stores. Um, it's really a um, a Swiss Army knife of tools that one would need uh, when you're at the grill, when you're cooking steaks, or cooking anything on the grill. It has uh, cooking charts and, and recipes on on cooking things, but the most um, significant tech- technological advancement is it has a really advanced steak timer that allows you to or grill timer that allows you to uh, indicate what you're cooking for each of your guests and the doneness that you want it, and then it tells you when to put does all the math for you to tell you when to put them on the grill, when to flip them, and when to take them off the grill so that all of your steaks come off at the same time. So basically, if somebody wants it rare and somebody else wants it, you know, well done cooked to a crisp, uh, what you don't want is your is your rare person having finished their steak by the time the well done person's steak even comes off the grill. So this does all the timing for you. It wow. also interfaces with a nifty little Bluetooth temperature probe called a iGrill, so it will get receive information from that, and, you're, and it allows you to cook uh, using internal temperature uh, rather than time, if that's your preference. So wow, that's amazing. And, yeah, it also allows you to shop and do a few other things, and, and the recipe content is terrific. It also has a bunch of very short 30-second to 2-minute how-to videos. If you watch the 10 videos that are in there, you'll really – almost become an expert at grilling and, and cooking steaks uh, You know, in about the 15 minutes it takes you to watch the videos. Okay. So that's really cool. And, um, and then we use Facebook um, and Twitter uh, as terrific ways to stay in touch with, um, with our customers, uh, both in terms of making sure that they know the latest of what's happening with Omaha Steaks, both in terms of cooking tips, recipes, offers, news, um, and uh, like, for instance, we were featured on the Celebrity Apprentice, uh, not not this season, but the last season in last 2011. Season. And um, and we used the we used Facebook and uh, and Twitter as a great way to you know keep our, our customers up to date on what was happening with the show. Um, and then um, we also um, we also use it as a two way communication vehicle. It's a terrific way for us to get feedback from our customers about what's going on. Uh, with our products, how they're using them in their lives, it gives us it gives us um, ways to improve. It gives us uh, marketing ideas, and it gives customers a way to share their great experiences with other customers um, and how they're using the product. So we we find it to be a terrific uh, a terrific uh, feedback loop. Well, you know, there's a jury always out with social media. Uh, because they say, okay, is this really working for us? We don't see all of the positives we're making immediately. But do you you guys feel that the deposits, you get the return over time. You get the return over a relationship and a way to communicate them, uh, commu- with, communicate with your customer directly versus them calling in until a problem occurs. Um, that's one of your strategies, the reason why you use the Twitter and the Facebook? Well, yeah, I think I think the question um, the question you might be asking is, you know, how do how do companies really justify you know the return on investment that they might be getting from from Facebook or Twitter when it's hard to really track a lot of direct revenue to it, and that that would be the mm-hmm. case for us. It, it's hard to attract a lot of direct revenue, but I I would say, <clears throat> how do I compute the return on investment of having a customer service department? You know, I have one. It's there. It serves a purpose. It's an essential business purpose, and I can't do without it. Um, I think it's the same thing with with Facebook. It, it serves an essential business purpose. We can't do without it. Um, I and what you need to do is just make sure that your um, it, uh, your expenditure of both time 
and financial resources towards maintaining that that Facebook presence are in um, some proportion to what you feel it's worth to you. So, you know, if if I was putting, if I had a staff of 15 full-time people and I was expecting millions of dollars worth of revenue to be coming from it, and I wasn't getting it, you know, that would be a disappointment. But but we've we've chosen to to incorporate it in as part of sort of a sort of a um, uh, part of the responsibilities of, of, of three different departments that all work together to collaborate to make sure that we're doing it efficiently. And we know we do get some revenue uh, from it because we can track because we can track it. And so as long as we're keeping our, our, um, our expenditure in relationship to that, uh, we feel good about it. Okay. Another question is, uh, I have a question here. Why Omaha, Nebraska? I, I love Omaha. It's a beautiful city. Uh, but out of all the places uh, your family uh, would have moved to, how did they settle in uh, Omaha, Nebraska? Well, I don't know exactly what was going on in my great-great-grandfather's head 95 years ago, but I will tell you this. Um, The family folklore is that they got on the train uh, in New York City after coming through Ellis Island. They immigrated from, uh, from Latvia. And they got on the train, and they headed west, and they got off where they thought it looked like home. So they were looking wow. for the the rural, um, you know, uh, you know, um, sort of grain belt, um, you know, green, you know, corn, soybean, you know, uh, whatever, whatever kind of a kind of a pastoral setting they were looking for. They saw it. The train stopped there. They said, "Okay, this is this is good enough," and that's where they that's where they ended up. So, and it turned out to be a really really great choice because at the time, you know, Omaha was this central. Um, the central um, waypoint for the railroad. So, it, you know, there was a, there was a lot of activity there. It's a river town, so there's you know a lot of um, everything was centered around the downtown river area, and they were able to sort of blend right in and, and start their business. You know, it's kind of un- unusual. Omaha has this different economy. It's a midwestern city, but the flair of uh, a couple of midwest cities like Omaha and Wichita. You, it's a center of a lot of business, but we just don't hear much about it. Um, ha, how your company has played a part of that whole community of Omaha and kind of immune yourselves from the uh, the uh, the economy faltering throughout uh, throughout the, really the world. It seems like Omaha is kind of not necessarily immune, but you, in one sense, you guys are immune. Uh, we Omaha, we we're really lucky to be located in Omaha. First of all, uh, it's great for our brand. Um, you know, Omaha Steaks in Omaha, in the heart of beef country, at the source of supply. I mean, it's just a terrific story, um, and it makes perfect sense that, uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. that Omaha Steaks would be here and that great steaks would come from this part of the country. So I think from a geographical standpoint, you know, it's it's, it's perfect for our brand. Um, Omaha as a community has, has, has um, I think, fared a little bit better than um, – than uh, other parts of the country throughout this recession and other recessions, um, you know, first of all, we have a pretty um, we have a pretty low cost of living here. So you, maybe you can take a little bit of a hit and have it not you know throw your lifestyle completely off. Um, but we also have um, we have very active uh, call center presence here. Uh, we have some pretty major corporations here. I mean, you know, of course, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway is based here, although it doesn't employ a tremendous amount of people in Omaha. Um, you have Mutual of Omaha. You have um, PayPal's got a big office here. Yahoo's got an office here. Google's got an office across the river in Council Bluffs. So we've got, you know, we've got this sort of like these, these, um, you know, sleepy um, tech sector that people haven't really heard of, but employs a lot of people here. 
Um, and of course, we've got the um, Strategic Air Command uh, in Bellevue, Nebraska, and which you know, provides employment. Right, office air, off mm-hmm. at Air Force Base, and we have a um, uh, we have a growing uh, university um, and a great med school, and all the infrastructure and attendant um, jobs that that creates. So, you know, and, and uh, Union Pacific is based here. Um, of course, a company that's close to our heart, as well as um, ConAgra Foods. So, you know, um, mm. if you haven't heard enough about Omaha or haven't heard a lot about Omaha, you probably should because it's a great place. Yeah, it is. We're going to take a station break real quick and we'll be back in a moment and we'll talk about uh, grilling steaks. We'll be back in a moment with uh, Simon. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's. Just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. We're talking to uh, Todd Simon, who is the Senior Vice President at Omaha Steaks. Todd, what is the best way uh, to buy uh, beef? And, uh, if a person is going to the grocery store, what they should look for? Of course, they need to come to you and buy yours, but kind of tell us what they really need to look for when it comes to uh, uh, buying beef. Right. Well, I think, of course, you took the words right out of my mouth. You shouldn't go to the grocery store. You should go to OmahaSteaks.com. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, really, and, and what, you're, what you'll find and what we would recommend is that you look for, uh, you look for grain-fed Midwestern beef. Um, it, it has to be, uh, you know, in a US, produced in a USDA-inspected facility. Um, and the big thing that separates Omaha Steaks from other uh, steaks is that our beef is aged. And aging is an old-world art. It's all but lost today. Most grocery stores don't do it. Much, most butcher shops don't do it. And um, aging adds a very, very different flavor and tenderness to the meat that you're just not going to find anywhere else. So you want to look for aged beef. Uh, it can be wet aged. It can be dry aged. There's different kinds of aging, but we recommend uh, we recommend that you go with aged beef. Um, if you want a consistent steak uh, that's going to, you know, so you're not going to have one steak that's, you know, you know, thick and triangular and one shape that's round and thin. Uh, you you want to make sure that it's hand trimmed, uh, and the trimming also helps remove some of the exterior fat. So you're going to uh, improve the nutrition profile uh, of the meat when it's when it's well trimmed. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the case of a of a of a steak that you might want to store or a steak from Omaha Steaks, our steaks are vacuum sealed. And uh, vacuum sealing is a lot different than just taking a styrofoam tray that's wrapped in cellophane and putting it in your freezer. I mean, vacuum sealing really seals the juices and keeps the air and oxygen out that's going to cause the beef to oxidize. And then, um, and then what we do is we flash freeze it. And again, the flash freezing is way different than what you can do at home. Uh, flash freezing prevents the um, prevents the beef uh, from the 
ice crystals from building up inside the meats, and the result of that is when that happens, you lose moisture. So when it's flash frozen, when the steak thaws out, it's just as juicy as it was uh, when it was fresh. So um, so we go for those kinds of uh, looking for those kinds of things. So the biggest thing is the aging, and you want you want choice beef from uh, from the heart of beef country. Um, and we've got a special for your listeners. Can I tell them about it? Sure, go ahead. So uh, we do have a, we do have a um, uh, a great package. It's called the Thrill the Grill package, and it's got two of our six ounce fillets, two top sirloins, a package of uh, a four chicken breasts, some pork chops, some steak burgers, and some stuffed baked potatoes. And um, if you go to omahasteaks.com forward slash radio, you'll find that package along with a lot of other great packages um, that are exclusive for our radio listeners right now. So. Can, can, if your customers haven't tried Omaha Steaks, it would be a perfect time to do it. That package is normally $161. It's on special for $49.99, so you can give it a try. Wow, thank you so much for offering that. I have a question real quick. When you talked about uh, aging, uh, and you mentioned a couple things about the way things are aged, can you t- uh, tell us about the, the aging effects, what types of things you normally would see when it comes to aging? Sure. So what we do when we age is, you know, we buy whole strip loins, whole tenderloins, and we cut them into steaks. Um, When we buy them from our supplier, they come in refrigerated, and what we do is, and they come in in a vacuum-sealed bag, and what we do is we uh, put that in a um, um, computer-controlled steady temperature, a holding cooler that keeps them at 28 degrees for 21 to 28 days. And uh, uh, that keeps the beef just above freezing because beef has a higher sodium content than than water. It doesn't freeze at 32. It doesn't freeze at 28 degrees. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and what this does is it allows the natural enzymes in the meat to start to break down and soften the uh, the connective tissues in the meat, and the result is that you get a more tender, more flavorful steak. What you'll notice when you see an aged steak is that it will be a little bit darker. It'll be more of a burgundy color than a bright red color, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's what we're looking for when you're looking for the steak. So if you saw an Omaha steak right out of the package sitting on a plate, it would look kind of like, like a, a dark burgundy color, and that's exactly what, what we would say. That's the perfect steak right there. Now, when you wow. when you um, when you get ready to grill a steak, we offer five tips for perfect grilling that allow you to get the perfect steak every time. The first thing you want to do is you want to clean and preheat your grill on high. I don't even know why grills have a low or medium temperature. You just want to go right to high. You want to lightly oil and season everything before you put it on the grill. This helps the searing process and it helps prevent sticking. And then you sear the outside of the steaks when grilling using a tongs or spatula to turn the meat. Uh, Cover the grill as much as possible um, during the process to lock in the flavor. And you use the tong or spatula, never a fork, because you don't want to pierce the meat and let all the good juices out while you're cooking it. You also want to leave it alone. Some people want. Some people are like they're they're nervous at the grill and they're pushing down the steak or the burger with a spatula or something while they're cooking it. Don't do that. All that does is squeeze out the moisture and makes the steak or burger dry when you're ready to eat it. And then we use the 60/40 grilling method. You want to grill for 60% of the time on the first side and 40% of the time 
on the second side. And uh, if you use the steak time app or if you use our steak cooking chart, that'll tell you how long you're supposed to grill the steak on e each side. So if it's you know if it's six minutes, you're going to want to do four minutes on the first side and um, two minutes on the second side, or four and a half and two and a half, something like that. And then um, and then when you're when you're ready to take your steak off, you place uh, the steak on a clean plate and allow it to rest for two to five minutes before serving. That allows the steak to continue to sort of stew in its own juices uh, and helps retain moisture and juiciness. So if you cut right into it, again, you're letting all that moisture come out. But if you let it sit for a minute, it allows the juices to, um, to uh, transmit themselves around the inside of the steak. Okay. And that's it. Oh. What about uh, charcoal? Uh, some people in the South would just go ahead and uh, use wood and charcoal. Do you recommend that? Because it will change the flavor of the meat. Yeah, um, we're actually agnostic when it comes to cooking method. Um, it's really what's most okay. convenient for you and how you like to do it. They all work great. I personally uh, own a gas grill because I like the quickness and the convenience of a gas grill. But if I mm -hmm. but sometimes, but I also own a charcoal grill. And sometimes when I'm really in the mood to you know kind of take it slow and and and, and kind of make a, a little bit more of a production out of it, um, I'll use the charcoal. I have friends who swear by charcoal; they would never go near a gas grill. <laughs> I, I mean, it just. <laughs> And I, I went to a barbecue um, a barbecue competition last weekend, and you know, to, just to see the variety of different ways that people um, that people can create fire is pretty amazing. I mean, they'll use charcoal, they'll use wood chunks, they'll use a combination. They've got grills that use these pellets that are kind of ground up wood. They have um, they have uh, uh, different kinds of gas. There's people who prefer electric, even. I mean, it's just it's pretty amazing the variety out there, and we love them all. Whatever works for you. Well, question regarding the marbling. Uh, what should they see uh, as a fat content within the steak? Well, I, you know, marbling is one of those things where it's kind of like I know it when I see it, and I think I think for your custom, for your listeners and for our customers, it's the same thing. Um, what, you know, the leanest cut is the filet mignon, the tenderloin steak, um, and, and so when you look at a, a like a choice grade tenderloin. It's, you're you're going to see some little veins of fat in it, but not very many because it's so lean to start out with. Same thing with the top sirloin steak. Whereas if you look at like a strip steak, a New York strip, you're going to see or a ribeye, you're going to see a lot of that white fat moving through the uh, through the meat. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, it really depends on again what you're looking for. We think um, we think the best marbling um, is um, is kind of a medium level. So we want to be able to see a lot of meat in there, and we want to know that um, that we're cooking it right, so that a lot of that fat will melt away during the cooking process, leaving behind a great flavor and, of course, the grilled meat uh, to go with it. Okay, and the types of cuts that you guys offer uh, at Omaha Steaks? Well, we really sell it all. Um, uh, our most popular steak is the filet mignon. Probably mm -hmm. number two is the top sirloin steak. And the top sirloin, if you haven't had it, it's in that package that I mentioned before, is a very lean, uh, very flavorful steak. Um, uh, and uh, and it's really become a favorite of our customers. My favorite steak is the New York Strip. Uh, I like a big, thick 12-ounce, you know, 14-ounce New York Strip boneless one. Um, and then uh, and then we sell a lot of ribeye steaks as well, which is sort of a real favorite of the people who love the grill. And then you know, and then we have all the varieties in between. We sell porterhouses and T-bones. We sell bone-in New York strips. We sell bone-in filet mignons. We sell veal chops and lamb chops and veal racks and lamb racks. Um, we also have a complete line of, of appetizers, 
seafood has become extremely popular with our customers. Uh, we wow. sell poultry, desserts, pastas, soups, side dishes. It's all there. Uh, everything, everything you need for your complete meal, we have at Omaha Steaks, except the lettuce for your salad. Because <laughs> that doesn't freeze well when you enjoy Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> what separates uh, Omaha Steaks? And you, we look at, uh, you know, Starbucks. We look at Sprinkles. We talk about high quality ends, and the same thing with Omaha. Do you think people today, regardless, they would spend the money on high quality product versus buying something cheaper? Because you always, we know when we go to your steaks, it's going to be always the same. The quality is always going to be the same. Nothing is going to change. Uh, have you noticed why people would just go ahead and pay more and not deal with the stress of paying less? Well, I think I think um, I, uh, I I heard a um, a quote one day that said only rich people can afford cheap stuff, um, and I think that I think that you know it speaks to the fact that um, you know do you want to buy something that's cheap and ha- and be disappointed in the quality, and then you have to turn around and buy the expensive stuff in the first place, and now you've actually paid more because you bought the cheap stuff and the expensive stuff. Whereas if you go to a company called you know, like Omaha Steaks, um, you know right away you're going to get the quality and you're going to get the consistency, and you're going to get it back by 100% guarantee. So if for some reason it isn't li- doesn't live up to your expectations, you know you know you, that you're safe, and that's really a big deal. We offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So you, which of course we can only offer because our products are such good quality. But when you mm-hmm. when you um, uh, but I think what what we're noticing is is that um, particularly when it comes to food, it lends itself to connoisseurship. And people are, you know, people might not eat steaks every day anymore. They might only be eating them once or twice a week. So when they do, uh, they want to have the best. And Omaha steaks are an affordable luxury. You know, you're not talking about buying a new car, or buying a new house, or even buying a new sofa or a new suit. You know, um, you know, for uh, 49.99, for 99.99, for 150 dollars, something like that. You can get all of the high quality steaks you're going to need for a terrific gathering of friends and family. And so, you know, I mean, how much is it worth to you to have? You know your friends and your family all together with you, enjoying a great meal, having a good conversation, and complimenting you later and saying, "Gee, that steak was really great." On top of everything else, on top of being able to get together and show the love and have a great time and 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 reunite with your family, you know, boy, that steak was really great. You know, as opposed to get everybody together and it's like, "Ah, eh, that steak was kind of eh." <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, right? How was the steak? Eh. You know, we want people to say, there you go. wow, where'd you get those? You know? Tell us, uh, last three questions real quick, regarding mass market. Uh, you guys never mass market. Why is that? You mean, why? like, why aren't Omaha Steaks available, like, in every store out there or something like that? Is that the- yeah, like mm-hmm. the local Kroger, no, sure. even Costco. I mean, Costco is a little different. They're more specialty. But, like, Kroger and the Safeway and places like that, which... I think for us it's it's just a it's just one of the basics of marketing in that um you know having control of your own distribution means you really have control of the brand and uh, we know that we're going to handle handle Omaha steaks the best we're going to make sure that they're always perfect we don't have to worry about rotating stock or inventory or having anybody else uh, mess with our product so so our master butchers create it they put it in our packaging it goes to our warehouse and then we ship it directly out to our customers or out to our retail store because we've got control of the quality every step of the way and that's really our hallmark and it's what we hang our hat on every day um mm-hmm. we don't take any chances so it's 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 really as simple as that 
a question regarding the last two questions. One regarding um, as families, and a lot of families will was not really get along <laughs> in time. Uh, how do you guys resolve issues? Because within family, it's even though it's a business end, but you're also on the personal level. You know, you might get mad right. at your brother or something over the weekend, and how you actually separate that, and how you actually, and then how you solve that in the course of business. Well, the answer is we don't really ever separate business from family. I mean, if there's a family gathering and there's a bunch of us there, we're talking business. It, it, it just it just kind of naturally, they kind of flow naturally, uh, uh, you know, back and forth with each other. But that's okay. Um, and in terms of uh, conflict resolution, you know, I think that, um, you know, while on the one hand you might say it's hard to resolve conflicts in family, the fact is that we are bound together by that family bond and by by love and by a common, you know, five-generation heritage in the business. So we just kind of approach it like mature adults and say we know we're going to disagree. We're not going to always agree on things. We're going to close ourselves in a room and talk it through, sometimes shout it through until we reach consensus. And then once we've, and once we've reached consensus, we walk out of the room and we say this is the way it's going to be and we move on um and you know one, one of the things i think that's good about our business is we've really only got four family members involved so it's not like we have 20 brothers and aunts and uncles and cousins fighting over decisions or over money or whatever there's four of us it makes it pretty easy to make decisions and i think one of the things you have to learn if you want to have a sustainable business that lasts 95 years is how to listen not only to your family but to the other people in the business as well and we think wow. we do that pretty well any advice to businesses, uh, small businesses coming up and trying to, to start their business on their own? What advice will you give them? Small businesses, funny, I had a conversation about this yesterday. Um, you have to have enough uh, capital. You have to have realistic uh, financial projections. Um, you have to know how to talk to your investors and potential investors and be persistent. Um, uh, it, you know, a before you ever talk to an investor, a potential investor, you have to have your plan completely laid out. I would never have a conversation with somebody. Um, you could have conversations with people to just um, bounce ideas off them, but if you're coming to someone and asking them for money, you need to have your thing totally worked out, an anticipating answers to every question that might get asked, and make sure that you have a real realistic financials and that you're. And I would say whatever capital you think you need, double it <laughs> before you wow. can raise it. <laughs> Will you see the future for Omaha Steaks? Um, you know, I think the future is bright. We're going to keep doing what we do. Uh, we're not planning on, you know, diversifying substantially. We're going to keep adding new and delicious products to our line, and we're going to be aggressively pursuing social and mobile because we think that's where the next generation of customers will be. Will you think you ever go public? No, I do not think we'll ever go public. Wow. Any last words you'd like to leave our listeners? No, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I hope you guys go to omahasteaks.com forward slash radio and check out some great specials for the listeners. And um, and I wish you all a great weekend, and we're looking forward to watching the Olympics this weekend. Oh, same here. Thank you so much, Todd. I really appreciate the interview. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, bye this, again, this is Todd Simon with uh, Senior Vice President of Omaha Steaks in Omaha, Nebraska. Again, take advantage of his uh, special that he offered, which uh, $49, you would get $160-something worth of steak. Uh, it's omahasteaks.com forward slash radio. Hey, everybody, thank you for listening. This is The Core Business Show. I'm Tim J.K., your host. Everybody have a great day. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim J.K., 
For more information about equipment financing and asset-based loans, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. Or call us at 866-611-7457. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. And thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.